mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow and normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Rogue, a.k.a. Ian Trellis Crawford, the host of this podcast. And today I have with me Cyclops. Adam Sass. Mystique. Mike Patterson. And Iceman. Brett White. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. We are here to discuss a a uh, movie that just turned 20. Uh, happy birthday to the first X-Men movie. Yay. Let's all feel very old. <laughs> so, so old. The cause of and solution to all of our movie problems. Uh. It seriously started all of this bullshit. I will say... Uh, so I just watched X-Men Dark Phoenix for the first time when it debuted on HBO. Uh, oh my God, me I, too. I did not watch it in the theater. I was like, I don't need to be hurt this way again. <laughs> and But like watching Dark Phoenix so soon before watching this one, it's like, oh my God, X-Men Dark Phoenix feels the exact same as this 20 years ago. Like, yes. it just feels like they just got in this groove and we're like, 20 years in this mode. We're cool. <laughs> just never stopped. Never shifted lanes. They have not been promoted in 20 years at the job. Uh, I know yeah. that you're like you're a bigger X-Men fan than I am, and I consider myself a pretty big X-Men fan, but I also just watched it this week while in quarantine. I, me and my best friend um, so, like FaceTimed each other and watched it together, and we were both like, God, this sucks. And It's just a non-movie. It's like it's the movie is at a five the entire time. It never gets down yeah. to being like a one or a two, like X-Men Apocalypse, which is like, this is insane. Apocalypse is doing hair. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> but it never gets up to like the 10 of like, you know, the opening scene of X2 or some crazy shit. Like that's really awesome. And you're like, yes. <laughs> well, it just continues that trend that like X-Men movies in general for 20 years have been plagued by, which is just like this like denial of the camp that's involved in it. Like, yeah. it's just like they have Jessica Chastain being this fucking entity and they're like drippy hair, a trench coat, wear it. That's <laughs> it. Like, they, it's like compare that to Kate Blanchett in Thor Ragnarok. And oh, there's like moments that could have been. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, this is this is just some. Lady. They they set a movie in 1992 and everyone is wearing navy, brown and gray. And it's like, this yes. is 1990 fucking too. <laughs> also, this is supposed to be 30 years after first class. I oh, my God. Hate the aging that's in this the movie. ages. Uh Michael Fassbender turns into Emma McKellen in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hard, years. hard 10 Eight years. years. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but so <laughs> I think a lot of the faults of this movie. Yes. I think what you said is very um, accurate. Brett is like some of the like fallings of this movie are like very of the time. And then it's like, they learned nothing. They didn't mature mm -hmm. with the times. They just were like, let's stick to that. That's it. Nothing right. else. Well, it was a it was a hit, right? So they didn't it have to. Huge. Yeah. They were like, it's oh, changed everything. Keep... Yeah, exactly. Let's keep going. I mean, for two thousand, well, for like the year two thousand, this movie is like lit. It is the it is everything. It it was my jam. It like changed the world, deservedly so. Well, so like I'm gonna do what Ian always like 
accuses is the wrong word, but um, always just sort of <laughs> notes that I do, which is I'm like, here's sort of the, here's why it was like this sort of muted way at the time. Cause like, this was the first major comic book movie really um, mm-hmm. on a massive scale after Batman and Robin in 1997. Right. And everyone universally mm-hmm. turned against. And I remember on Ain't It Cool News at the time, um, that was very obviously a big part of the takedown of Batman and Robin um, was like, basically, Oh, we have another gay director taking on a giant uh, popular superhero franchise. And so there was a little bit of a, like, um, what's this guy going to do to this? What's, you know, like, you know, who are they? There was just so much scrutiny on it. And so I think a lot of this kind of really bubbled up to, there was so much like, um, and this was right after the matrix. So there was a lot of just like, if we're going to do a comic book movie, it was going to be this very like self hating of its comic roots a little bit. It was going to, it was going to like apologize for it. It was going to be like, Oh, we're not, we're just going to call storm Aurora throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. um, Wolverine's going to make like, fun of their code names. He's going to call Professor right. X wheels. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of like it was like kind of Gen X nineties too good for this, but it was it was like it just felt like it was embarrassed of the source material a little bit while also being extra reverential of it. I do also love I do think that like X two I still think stands up and I feel like I've watched it recently. I do think they do kind of embrace the silliness a little bit in X two. Yeah. Um it does feel a little bit more like, you know, this movie walks so X two could run kind of business. But then they just never got past that the marvel movies came along you know eight years after this and we're like hey we can actually do red and yellow and blue and actual colors on costumes and make them work and then guardians of the galaxy happens and it's like holy shit everything can be neon and then thor ragnarok happens and then what do the x-men do they do dark phoenix <laughs> like, right i mean it's so upsetting I mean, also x1 is really like art by committee because this movie was like delayed a bunch of times and had oh, like God, 50 yeah. different scripts. There were so many. Oh, y'all have y'all read the other yeah. scripts? Have y'all I found have the not. other scripts? I haven't oh, read man. through it, but I read some, uh, some notes on it and I made yeah, some Yeah, they are, they are yeah. fun. I did for my 30th birthday a couple years ago. I was like, which one has Gambit in it? Cause that's the one I want to read. And so we read <laughs> that one and it was wild. <laughs> Did you ever read the one where like the like it was like I think it was Joss's script or something like that, but like the the like the like the finale was not at the Statue of Liberty. It was at like a Walmart. Yeah, I remember reading about that maybe in Wizard Magazine when they were like, "Here's what Joss's draft was." And I, you know, to jump way ahead to the end of the movie, I kind of like the idea <laughs> of the finale being in a Walmart. It's pretty American. <laughs> well, I mean, it's very like if we're we're talking about the Buffy roots, you're talking about like um, you know her bazooking the judge at a mall. At a mall, yeah. You know that's the energy I think he was yeah. probably bringing. Well, that. and we think of like I I know that I'm sure that wasn't what they were going for completely, but I feel like X Men animated series like oh. helped solidify like the X Men as like one of the major like big players in comic books, and. I think I, you know, I hope the MCU takes notes of the cart from the cartoon because I do think that mall setting, like I relate the X-Men, especially because of right the time period, everyone was at the mall. I had a job at the mall. Like I think of the mall when I like I think of X-Men having a fight in the mall. That's like such a good like image to me. I don't yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, what I was researching was I guess the original script uh which was written before 
the animated series basically influenced the pilot of the animated series. So it included Jubilee uh, being at a mall, having just ran away, yeah. uh, and then a fight happens, and then obviously that script never went anywhere, and then uh, they lifted heavily from that for the pilot of the animated series. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it all yeah. kind of references I mean, itself, right? And Wonder Woman's going to beat them to it, honestly, oh. in the end. So, yeah. <laughs> when so that eventually that. comes out. Well, that's like, yeah. so like Stranger, I always say Stranger Things is the best X-Men TV show that we've ever gotten. Because mm. the Duffer Brothers reference um, X-Men stuff, like season one is very Dark Phoenix. Season two, I did a whole Twitter thread about how it pulls a lot from the Paul Smith, Chris Claremont run. There's like Morlocks, or like there's like a lot of that uh like Eleven going to another town and be getting a weird um, punk makeover like Storm kind of thing. And then season three is all in the mall. And I'm like, yeah, this is like Jubilee era. It's the 80s. They're in the mall. Uh, it, it, it's so, the mall and the X-Men are so tied together. And the fact that we got it in X-Men Apocalypse and then they cut it. Mm-hmm. And then they no. cut it from the film. And, and like, they, they do nothing. There's no reason for them to be at the mall. Like what? Like... It's just, oh, we got to go so they can blow up the mansion. Have y'all seen it? Like, it is such a good sequence, too. Like, it was, it like leaked oh, yeah. online for a little while. Um, And it's like, it's set to Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. Oh, and wow. it's like Nightcrawler drinking an Orange Julius getting a brain freeze. It's um uh, Jubilee, like, basically doing the, like, sparks at the video game thing. Uh, it's game, such yeah. a good, oh. Ah, so I'll have to look that up. I haven't yeah. seen that actually. That sounds really because cool. in the movie Jubilee has like I think maybe one line, two lines. No, yeah, they cut. Right. She's in a lot of the movie, and they just completely cut her out. And it sucks yeah. because now Lana Condor is a huge deal, and I love that it is kind of like a big middle finger to Fox of like, yeah, yeah, fuck y'all. You could have had me, but now Netflix does. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like I mean my like conspiracy theory brain is just like it feels like the last few movies Fox was like just going out of its way to fuck it all up just because <laughs> like, just just so that like fans could just be 1000 trillion billion percent behind this merger like, like what because, like you had people who were like active like fucking like rose emojis on their twitter feed being like yes merger <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. I do like that Marvel Studios could do an X Men movie, and just because the Fox movies only focused on four characters for twenty years, if Marvel just does a movie that is Storm, Rogue, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Gambit, Jubilee, just done right, it will feel nothing like literally anything Fox ever did like all they have to do is just have wolverine magneto and professor x and mystique sit out or like take a back seat and it'll feel like a revelation yeah absolutely that is that is one of the things that i absolutely want from the marvel x-men movies is wolverine can yeah be benched for a while please yeah Yeah. i mean simon kinberg's just gonna be at home being like i did what i could (laughs) (laughs) this was my vision this was my vision i don't know (laughs) Put her in her coat. God. <laughs> but yeah, so do we all remember? I, I so I, I know, I think the four of us probably are in the same boat. We like loved X-Men so much. I, I feel like that was the most excited I ever was for a movie. Like I, well, so Star Wars came out, Phantom Menace came out in 99. So I was like jazzed for that. But then this was, you know. In a way, as it was a, it was different in a way because like we'd never had an X Men movie before. We'd had Star Wars movies, um, and then we got 
new ones. Uh, <laughs> but we never had an X-Men movie and all that. We hadn't had a good comic book movie and since like, I mean, I liked Batman Forever at the time. <laughs> See, I, I still love Batman and Robin. I don't care. I know it's garbage. <laughs> I prefer uh, you and Adam. watching it. I prefer watching it over any of the Nolan movies. I, you know, oh, yeah. I know how that sounds. No, no, like, that sounds right. It's fun. It's gay. It's camp. I yeah. love it. Like Uma Thurman is doing the most. It's great. There is a design. I mean, I, I love, I, I'm a big, I, I do like a lot of the Nolan movies, I, but I think like what you're just missing so much is just there is this hatred of costume. The source design. material. Yeah, just like, yes, yeah, the sort of, it's just like, yeah, put Uma in like big ass leafy eyebrows. Yeah. God. Like, the, Nolan the Nolan movies are Batman in the closet, a self hating gay, yeah. and then the oh. Schumacher ones are he is out and yeah. having a good time. <laughs> Yeah. Right, but like a goddamn mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the Burton ones strike a nice balance. Like the Burton ones are dark, but also just like extra yes. as fuck. I, I, that's why. Yeah, for me, that's why I really like. Um, I don't love the first one as much anymore, but Batman Returns, like it was on the other day, I text Adam to be like, this movie yeah. always makes me think of you, and boy, do I still love this movie. God, like, I still love that movie. I, it's, it's one of my just, top fives, yeah. Listen, it's, it's got a point of view, honey. Like, mm-hmm. it is just got a fucking point of view, and it, you've never seen it again. People, people tried, but they always duplicate the wrong part of it. So, we're, we're getting a little off subject here, but <laughs> I... So... Do we remember like what we felt when the movie was coming out leading up yeah. to like seeing it in oh my theaters? God. Girl, this is, I, yeah. Yeah. I, um, so it actually, it came out on my birthday, July 14th. Oh. I turned 14. So it was my golden birthday. Also <gasps> my birthday was on all the posters. I was so oh, excited. Um, the, the thing I remember too, was this was like, this was one of the first movies where trailers were online and so, like, I had dial-up, and I remember having to figure out what QuickTime was and install it, and then, like, just slowly walk, watching the trailer, because it would just load and then stop, and then load and then stop. So, like, I that, that first trailer is still ingrained in my mind, because I just, like, was frozen on certain spots of it. Uh, that freaking whack first trailer. It is so... <laughs> that is so like, bad. That trailer is pure... You wouldn't steal a car, would you? Like yes! DVD. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it is like a two thousand. It is like oh, uh, it because you had to step through it bit by bit because mm-hmm. it would just it was like subliminal. It was like a uh, those videos they used to like brainwash POWs. <laughs> like it was like flash, and you'd be like, I was like, I think that was rogue. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I remember I went to the local theater. I remember going probably in early July being like, hello, are you guys having a midnight? And I was, so I was 16. I was a sophomore. <laughs> uh, and I was like, do you guys, are you guys going to have a mid a midnight showing of X-Men? And they were like, what? And I was like, Is, <laughs> X-Men, like they did, first of all, they did not clock this movie as a big deal. <laughs> and, but then they were like, they, I think I called back a week later and like, oh, oh yeah, we're, we're going to have a midnight showing. And so I got tickets for me and my friends. We all dressed up. It's the only time I've ever dressed up for a movie uh, ever. I was Cyclops. We had a rogue and a mystique and a Jean Grey. Um, and we all went to the theater. It was maybe 20 people in the theater. Like it wasn't. And we were the only ones dressed up, obviously. Oh, wow. and, and, and it, But it was just like such a moment. I have those photos. I should send them. <laughs> 
Oh my god, you should. Yeah. I can tweet them when the episode or the episode I, comes out. You were saying how you got had the Oakley Cyclops sunglasses. I had like cheap knockoffs that I got from Gadzooks that were like silver frame but like red lenses, and that's what I had. Oh, I didn't I have the Oakley. It. No, you see, yeah, I, 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 so Ian and I are the oldest here, obviously, so we were 17. Um, it, yeah. it was like full ass, like I bratted out and got the Oakleys, um, and I felt like such hot shit. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was like awesome. Like I, like I, yeah, walking around with fucking red lenses on, like at a family reunion at my grandparents' house that oh summer, God. and they were like, what is happening? King shit Adam Sass of the Cyclops class. <laughs> just also so i was like i was trying to do that like um uh ooh, he transformed over the summer thing because i had um <laughs> i had swapped my glasses for contacts for the first time ever and so i was like this new jan brady kind of like oh here i am with my red oakley's on like, cool, I'm, Lisa. I'm a, I'm, yeah i'm like fucking doppelganger adam now yeah like, oh my god i love that i love your that. own I, mutation so, exactly but uh for this movie i i remember i saw it with my neighbors because my next door neighbors that lived across street from me growing up because we had played like with our x-men toys together and we were like oh my god we have to see this together and i remember it was like sold out we sat in the front row and i was still like this is great i love this and my neck hurt afterwards (laughs) absolutely incredible so do we want to uh, get into the movie 20 minutes into the podcast? Sure. <laughs> get into the movie. <laughs> I have like so many pages of notes. Um, So I know we did it already, but I do have to say, I still like, I think that like opening on Professor X narrating is like still pretty iconic. I mean, I mean, Patrick Stewart lent so much authority to this. I mean, it just, it was like, it, it would, I mean, if there was some whoever as Professor X, it would all just like come apart. I do think the one thing that Fox got right, starting with this and on, is I do generally like the casting. They are very rarely given good material is the problem. Like, I even (laughs) think, like, Halle Berry is a good actress. I just think Mm -hmm. they were like, can you do a weird African accent? And also, here is a Party City wig. And, like, (laughs) and it's like, no, set her up to fail immediately. (laughs) I don't know what it is, because, I mean, I know that you just brought this up and we just talked about this, but right, Brett, they continue that in Dark, even in Dark Phoenix, the last one, Storm still has like four lines. Nothing to do. Like, nothing. Ever. Nothing. Storm is so I, powerful, but they literally do nothing. You know, I will say the late uh, Roger Ebert literally said this in his review of this movie was he was just like, I don't understand why Storm isn't the leader. She controls the fucking planet. And <laughs> like, you put... You've put, like, the guy with knife fingers in charge. <laughs> now he knew what was up. <laughs> he did. He really did. They constantly put her in situations where she can't use her powers, and it's just, and the script does this, right? And it's just maddening. Like, Well, they made her this, like, she was maybe the most self-hating of the mutants, which felt like a choice, first order. Yeah. Because yeah, she was, her whole conversation with Senator Kelly later in the movie, like, she just is very meek or just, you know just uncertain about it's all a weird this. choice it's a little, yeah it's the wrong choice it's, and it's yeah. also like to have her one-on-one battle at the end be with toad and not magneto who's clearly like her one-to-one analog like right. she's on the same level it's like she goes up against the jumping guy it's crazy it's crazy that you have somebody who throws lightning bolts and somebody who throws metal 
not get into this like battle where they're just hurling metal and then batting it away with lightning. Like I don't yeah. like it's never happened in 700 movies. <laughs> I mean, I do think though maybe part of that, right, is the budget at yeah. the time. Like they didn't know how yeah. successful this was going to be. They had to make choices. It's it, I mean, I'm not defending it at all cuz I adore Storm and I think she's done so dirty in this movie. Um but I mean, I think that had to have been a conversation, right? Like, okay, well, oh, we yeah. have to do, we have to have these set pieces. And sadly, you know, I'm Brian Singer. I'm not going to invest in this female character. So <laughs> she gets pushed to the side, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I was reading, I actually found like right before we started recording an old Entertainment Weekly article from 2000 that's online. And it, Joss Whedon like openly slammed this movie, which I did not know. Nice. Uh, <laughs> like he was promoting Buffy in the UK and they were asking him about it. And he like shit on the movie. Like his, one of his quotes is they wanted me to punch up the last fight. And I said, I think you've got a bigger problem than just that last fight. <laughs> I didn't think the script was any good. So I did a major overhaul uh, and that um, Brian Singer and Fox felt the quick-witted and pop culture referencing tone of Whedon's script didn't work well with X-Men or jibe with the vision of <laughs> Which is, like, right. insane, because of course that would jibe well with the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, does a mall baby eat chili fries? I mean, God, right. that cartoon, yeah. come on. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think this peanut butter would go well with that chocolate. No, not at all. I do like that, well, I was gonna say, I do like that this movie every single character does get a really cool introduction, which is what I noticed rewatching it this time is like, they do a really good job of setting up. Like the first time you see every character, you're kind of seeing them in a microcosm of like who they are. Like, you know, Magneto's in a uh, concentration camp. Rogue is kissing Cody for the first time. Wolverine's in a cage fight. Cyclops and Storm are like doing their jobs as good X-Men. Jean Grey is like speaking to the, it's really cool. Like they do a really stealthily uh, smart way of like setting the tone. I think it's like a it's a it's a workman like script. It's like yeah. it gets in there, set everybody up. I mean, this was just when like every movie's like could just say it was a success if they just freaking set up the next one. Well, that's all <laughs> you know, that's the very early 2000s way of looking at these movies. Yeah, no, I think this movie. I don't know if you all remember the opening of X3, but X3 tries to replicate this kind of opening and they fall completely flat. But this opening does a good job of introducing like five characters at once and doing it well yeah. because we, like you said we get the magneto in the concentration camp and that scene i can remember watching it and being like oh shit mm -hmm. like that scene kind of showed you like this is where magneto's coming from you <laughs> I will being in high school and being like yeah mom and dad my comics are serious like <laughs> <laughs> it feels very bad <laughs> Yes. Oh, this is stupid? Is a concentration camp stupid? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, get away from me! And I'm like, yeah, that's the drama of being me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't understand me and Rogue. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, like, American Horror Story Coven, like, eventually just did exactly this. <laughs> I kissed my yeah. boyfriend and now he's bleeding. <laughs> but uh so even that boy that rogue kisses who by the way i looked him up so i was like this guy looks familiar he's the like villain from the resident evil movies he's trasker oh. uh even he looks like a like just like generic gay twink from the 90s there's a lot of those knowing uh, mr singer's 
Proclivities. Like the the guy who plays Henry Gyrick in this movie, who has no lines and is only there to be mystique really is also just like, just like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you all look like what Brian Singer probably wishes he'd look like maybe yeah. i don't like well no that. i mean when he was casting all the like supporting roles he just like rolled up to tiger heat and like shot uh, a pistol <laughs> into the air and just said get it <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of i think of that 30 rock that 30 rock bit where jenna and tracy yes! pull up in the limo <laughs> funny gay oh, men funny. get in the car <laughs> Oh, Tiger Heat. Mm. <laughs> my first club. Yeah. Me, mine too, Adam, hey. in LA. Mm-hmm. My God. Mm-hmm. I was just oh about to God. ask what that was. Oh, God. <laughs> um, It was the place to go to that did not check your ID because it was not a bar. <laughs> yeah. So it was like all the like Orange County little queer college kids were like, I'm 18, I can do what I want. I'm going here. It just was... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of bad things. Did I get a casting Tiger credit Heat. in this movie? <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 When they make the future singer movie, it's it's gonna be the Studio Fifty Four yeah. set. Yeah. It's just. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Allegedly. Moving on. Um... <laughs> oh yeah. Allegedly. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird that Jean Grey gets the Doctor title. I feel like it's very clear that they're like, well, I don't have Moira. We don't have Beast. Well, Jean mm-hmm. Grey can be yeah, the Doctor. Yeah, she can be a Doctor. Yeah. It does like, give her sure. more to do, I guess, because I feel like Jean Grey in like the cartoon. I mean, right. people love or hate Jean Grey in the cartoon. She is kind of like the um, stay-at-home mom of the cartoon at times. Right. <laughs> like, it took, I think it took, what, till the second season for her to actually do anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's I mean, that meme of her just constantly fainting. Yeah. That goes <laughs> around right. like, oh, Scott! <laughs> Scott, Jean. 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 Yeah. One of our former guests made that, actually. <laughs> Justin, Justin Centrich. Oh, well done. <laughs> So it does give her more to do. And I will say, so like, go out on a limb here. Um, Famke Jansen, Jean Grey, and Hugh Jackman, Wolverine are my favorite versions of both of those characters. Boom. Controversial. Ooh. I would agree with that. No, I would I would totally agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Giving her the Doctor credit at least makes her more of a presence than Storm. And yes. sometimes like Mystique and Rogue in this yeah. movie. Um, she should have been Doctor than... Storm. Maybe that would have helped. Doctor Storm. <laughs> I'd be into that because I love Storm more than Jean. So Storm, there, nurse practitioner. But it is just like a very uh, again. This is like just a very two thousands. We don't know how to write female characters thing to do. Just be like, well, this person needs to be a lot stronger. Uh, make her a doctor. Okay, so she's Doctor Lady. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor right. Doctor Love lady. Interest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doctor Love Interest, yeah. But uh, so then, but then we get a. Uh, I think it's pretty. It's still pretty good. I mean, they're both clearly good actors. But um, the Magneto and Xavier scene in that weird hallway. Mm-hmm. The fun it's hallway. all the X's. Uh, it's I. Oh, it's great. The X's. And I him going. We are the future, Charles. Not them. That's like I think of that as the Magneto line. <laughs> <laughs> I also just love how like he's lit too. Like you don't know what he looks like right away. Like it's, it's a really smart way to introduce these two characters. Um, just visually. I love it is it. a well shot movie mm-hmm. for like, definitely for what it is probably like, you know, yeah. art by committee, low budget, like no one believes in this thing. Singer's a garbage monster who, you know, is et cetera, et cetera. It is still like, there are so many iconic shots in this movie that especially like X2, 
Like I always think at X2 when Wolverine is in Iceman's house and he opens up the um the fridge and it's shot from below where you just see the bottoms of all the beer bottles. Like that shot always sticks in my head and that's just Wolverine opening the fridge. Like that just shows to the level of like cool care that was taken into how this movie looked. Mm-hmm. Too bad yeah. he's a monster and he directed most yes. of the good movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Also, do we think they would actually cast uh men of their age? to be like in leading roles like this if this movie were done now no because i yeah i would like don't think so unless they could end up being like weird jacked 70 year old that's the only way we have mcavoy (laughs) bassbender playing the same characters across 30 years (laughs) i know yeah they play dicey and i would argue that in the newer movies that's why magneto and charles are the leads in those movies where i feel like patrick stewart and ian mckellen in these movies are not the leads like it's it's Hugh Jackman show and that's that right I mean if if Marvel was doing it now and they and the the script was to have them be in these sort of supporting roles they would have I mean I think they would have cast older actors who have like maybe that more like tough guy pest like they would they would have had like a Kurt Russell type person yeah 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 Mm -hmm. we'd be like we'd be like or like a Bruce Willis would be like oh this is just like this is a natural grizzled sort of person I think Ian McKellen is just a very very interesting choice for this villain because he's just very silky and not like he's like a cat like he's not um this dom he's not this like ripped magneto from the comics and video games (laughs) you think of that jim lee like x-men number one from 1991 the double page spread of like magneto shirtless like in a big white kimono like his chest billowing like as he's ripping yeah. apart a bunch of shield space agents it's like in mckellen would not do that <laughs> sorry adam yeah. was that a reference was that a reference to ian playing gus the theater cat in cats <laughs> <laughs> listen oh it's, it's he was building we're not going there career. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna derail right now into the cats podcast oh, we will spiral no. out of control <laughs> <laughs> sorry 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 uh yeah i I mean, I think they're both really good, right? I mean, clearly Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are great actors and they bring a lot to it that, yeah, I kept thinking like, I don't know that even, I mean, clearly they're much older because this movie is 20 years old. Um, but even back then they were, you know, they were allowed to be, I mean, I forget, right? Isn't Robert Downey Jr. like 55? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's up there. He's up there. <laughs> I mean, he was in his so, 40s when Iron Man started. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, I mean, not that that's old at all because we are all (laughs) close to that, but you know, like they allow, like Robert Downey Jr. was of course allowed to like be this like older hunk, but like Ian McKellen and Patrick Zewa, they're not trying to like portray them as hunks, right? Like, it's just like, no, these are like old dudes that have known each other forever. Yeah. And I like that they're allowed. It's a very 20th century version of like an old man, which is just like, yes, it's an old man. Um, But I think now there is a lot more just like, you know, this guy's 75. Like, you like all this, like, oh, shock stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, can you look <laughs> yeah. like, crazy? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, Rogue leaves her house, just as the twink. Um, I am constantly mad that this role is Rogue because it just shouldn't be Rogue. It clearly should be Jubilee or Kitty Pride. Like, ugh. I mean, I do like it, does it does acknowledge like Rogue had this role sort of in the comics when she first joined it is just a shame that we only ever got the rogue as she appeared in uncanny like number 171 to 172 they never even went to like 173 they never 
like it's 20 years of rogue never once flying never once like punching anything never once the only time she ever has a spark of the rogue that i love and is my favorite character is when she forcefully takes off her glove on the x jet in x2 yeah. right mm-hmm. yes. to like yeah. when they like piss her off a little bit that's it and it's just like god damn it guys I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's just, it's definitely, like, she's more rogue in True Blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's got, like, the sauce, and she's giving it to everybody, and, like, but she's still, you know, gentle. She's got the rogue. It's like she got there, like, too late. Um, <laughs> I also, I know she has an Oscar, but I don't know that she's the best actor. Like, I don't know that I buy everything she's selling, even as, like, a meek rogue. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I kind of disagree. I I when I rewatched this, I was kind of taken aback by how impressed I was by her. Um, because she's still just like it's before True Blood, and like yeah, she she has an Oscar by this point, and she's just she's doing interesting things. I think that are very subtle in a movie that is like very masculine. Let's say like it's very this is a superhero movie. We have to be very sort of brute and, uh, you know, shy away from the camp of a comic book movie. So I don't know. I, uh, I'd like to know what other people think though, too. I, I like her. I just wish that, um, I don't know. She's good. I just, I just want to see comic book, uh, rogue. I just want to see. Oh, I agree. And the fact that like Anna Paquin herself was very vocal about how annoyed she was like on like the days of future past, like press tour and stuff of just like, when the fuck do I get to fly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause Ro, I mean, that's my feeling about this. It's like, it's fine. She's fine. It's fine. Cause like, it's just, is she rogue has the biggest come down from no, like Anna, like everyone who watched that animated series. So like their entire, audience was like coming from the animated series so you were you were bringing that animated rogue who was like the character and bringing it into here which was like my god you almost actively had to try to strip out character in order yeah. to get to this version of rogue on this version of rogue also derailed every other depiction of rogue across all media for 10 years. Cause this kicked off like X-Men evolution was like, all of a sudden she is goth and depressed. Then she like lost her powers in the comic. Like it just really set the character on the whole down a pretty bad path until like Mike Carey's run in 2008. Like it was a rough time for a while. Yeah. I remember too, when I was watching this movie for the very first time, like thinking by the end of this movie, okay, she's going to get strong and start flying. Like that yes, was like yeah. the movie started. I was like, okay, well, surely they will course correct and then they never did never never never. yeah so speaking of this so rogue leaves her house she gets dropped off at this weird bar with a ring in it um and we see wolverine for the first time it's crazy because wolverine still has like a body that i would strive to have for myself Mm -hmm. um but compared to how he looks like future movies he looks like a tiny twink compared to how he looks in the rest of the movie but i mean i prefer this wolverine like he gets Ooh, he gets different. really well no i mean this is this is the wolverine you come home to right the, the wolverine and logan you're like i can't approach him at a bar he's too big 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they didn't make him shave his chest either, which I feel like is the problem of all modern superhero movies. Like mm-hmm. this is yeah. like Charlie Cox is a gore like it's a gorgeous chest. <laughs> gorgeous. And then when you watch Daredevil, it's just like shorn, just completely mm-hmm. like baby smooth. And it's just like stop doing this to these superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So thank God no hairless Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> So then he, she, you know, sits around waiting. He gets, he beats up the guy. Uh, I actually still really like the scene of him, his claws coming out for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it still kind of holds up. Like I was it's like, really cool still. Yeah. When I was waiting for it, I was like, oh, this is probably going to look really bad now. And then I, it happened and I was like, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> In general, the special effects don't look that dated. Maybe because there aren't really that many shots, actually. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like there aren't that many. Yeah. yeah they so, also, they're also kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, so it just, it doesn't look as dated as, I mean, it still feels very dated now. Like, you can really see, like, the film grain and, like, really weird things like that. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're also Especially just smart the about yellow. how they're they're also just smart about how they're uh, lighting all those shots. Like that whole sequence at the end takes place at night. So like a lot of things can live in shadows and be more forgiving um, for VFX. Anyway. That makes sense as to why it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't like uh, make sense for them to do it at Walmart. And then it couldn't be. Right. Awful. Yeah. Overhead light. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not sure if anybody here is a mystery science theater fan. Oh yes. Um, do you remember the final sacrifice? Uh, oh yeah, Rousedower. Rousedower. So Rousedower, um, that plot is the Rogue Wolverine plot. There's like, oh almost, right, it, yeah, it, no, scene for scene. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, so it's this movie from like 1990, and like scene for scene, it's like there's this gruff kind of Canada guy. Um, there's Zap Rousedower. Like, Zap Rousedower, and then there's like this little teen runaway. Uh, it's a boy this time. And like he runs into this guy who's gruff and they almost have this same exact, it's the moment where the, the truck and he stops and, you know, he's like, I need your help, Rousedower. And then like, he he's like, yeah, I don't help nobody. And then he like drives his truck away. Um, and then he stops. <laughs> it's like almost shot for shot. It's like a shot for shot. And it's also in remake. Canada. Like it's a Canadian yes. movie. Like it just, it very much. And no. also like the little kid has very Anna Paquin energy. <laughs> kind of. No, that's the thing. <laughs> this is what happened. This is, this is my head canon of what happened. They did 700 <laughs> different script revi- re- revisions to do this. <laughs> Everybody was under the gun. 20th Century Fox was like, we've delayed this 7 million times. You better deliver me a scene tomorrow. And the guy just like was like, no one's ever seen Spinal Sacrifice. I'm just going to pull this scene. <laughs> I got I to gotta deliver the script tomorrow. I got to do it. So they just did that. Adam, that sounds like something me or you would do. <laughs> <laughs> Plagiarize? Yes. <laughs> I'm like her name is Buffy Summers and she's the main character. Um, and no, she's not. Buffy Summers, Geller. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of, I was reading um, that Sarah Michelle Geller was at one point yes. considered for Rogue, and uh, I, that would have been like season two to season three Buffy. God, if they would have filmed this. Should have been yeah. great. I, I th- often think of all the roles the Buffy that. And this is like very random, but the other role that I'm like, I can't believe this was turned down was Charisma Carpenter was offered the role in the faculty of um, Jordana Brewster and how good that would have been. But she didn't want to be typecast because it, it is basically the same role as Cordelia, uh, just, you know, without Buffy being there and with aliens. Uh, and I always think of how weird it is, like where their careers would have gone if they had taken these other roles. I think Sarah Michelle Geller 
see now I'm thinking about it, and I think she's a better actress than Anna Paquin. Now, like, well, yeah, well, I just in terms of that, like, yeah. <laughs> so even when she is playing Meek, like Scream Two and stuff, there is, and I don't know if it's just because I love Buffy, but I mm-hmm. read in a lot of like inner strength and confidence, or just sass in her delivery totally. that would have served this this version of Rogue, this Meek ass version of Rogue, very well. Um, but can she do a Southern accent like Anna right. Paquin? Who knows. I was just trying to think, does she do it? She has an accent in Southland Tales, right? I I think, I feel, maybe she doesn't. I don't know. No, mean, I don't I, think. I, 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 no? She could have done it. She could yeah. have done it. But my problem here would have been, um, and, and if she was, if she was listening, she'd knock my lights out. But I think <laughs> the problem would have been, like, it is a typecasting problem, which is a problem that I have whenever I watch I Knew What You Did Last Summer, where I'm watching her just like, be totally helpless against the the killer and like seeing her in this role where she's like kind of dependent on Logan to do every goddamn thing. And, you know, and is like, Oh no, you're making me touch the, the thing. I don't want to zap the, pa-. like every, like, and basically not doing, if it was, if they just plunked her into the script, I would have like been so like, Oh my God, I needed to see her do way more stuff and get out of this and punch her way out of this. But if she was doing animated series, rogue and that kind of vibe like absolutely so or even like if she's part of the brotherhood at, at the beginning of this movie and is evil oh, and then yeah. by the end of the movie gets on the x-men side oh Any man Sorry, wish she's kind of oh, that would have been so like rogue is mystique's foster daughter in this movie and mm-hmm. she is being raised and groomed by the brotherhood but then she finds out oh shit i'm being groomed in order to like get in this weird old timey silver age contraption fuck this i'm going to the x-men and then that like right. that's a much better setup i think well, and let's write well, it. Let's, let's the keep thing, going. The thing I know that they, I know they always blame it on. Well, they didn't have the rights to Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel at the time, but they could have easily had her absorb the like. Fine, put Juggernaut there. Put any other like character that had vaguely similar powers because Rogue doesn't have all of Captain. Like she can't shoot beams. No, no, she couldn't. Well, in the and Age so, of Apocalypse, like, Rogue's powers come from Magneto. I'm fairly certain. So and like. I'm fine with that. If we're going to re we're already rewriting these characters. Right. So I feel like, sure. Put a villain in there who can fly and is super strong. She drains him. And then suddenly she has their powers. Great. That would be an, and I think that if Sam Michelle Geller had the role, they would have been more inclined to get there because it's like, Oh, people liked her because she's like sassy and can fight. So let's get there. Right. And I think maybe they would have gotten there. It's just one of those things where like, I can never see Sarah Michelle Geller in a role without agency ever. so so we get um god what where are we i all my notes keep saying i'm so mad the animated series did this better like often well the first Um, the first first, um the saber tooth attacking the rv yeah i can remember being shook by that scene the first time i saw it and now it's like a one minute fight scene. Yeah. Ooh, and Sabretooth just looks so bad. <laughs> I, like those eyebrows. What? <laughs> like, oh my God. It just, oh, yeah. It's yeah. Bad. It was when, like, I mean, I know there's still like casting wrestlers to do stuff for movies, but like <laughs> they, they cast like the wrong wrestlers. Right. Yeah. Like, I it was agree definitely with that. like, as a wrestling fan, I agree. It should have been somebody else. Should have been Triple H. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that person. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, the, the scene is very weird, right? Because it's just like Storm and Cyclops are there, and they, it doesn't even feel like they defeat Sabretooth. It feels more well, it like just he jumps away. away. He bounds away like a cat. Like, it's so right. funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Parts of this are very Batman 66. Like, all of the bad guys are kind of from the 60s Batman show, in a way. Like, Magneto has this weird Statue of Liberty contraption. Toad is eating mm. birds for some reason. Right. <laughs> Sabretooth is pouncing around like a cat. Magneto locks yeah. him in a cage at one point. Like, I mean, my only note about the scene that I, I wrote down is just, like, uh, James Marsden looks really cute with his little, like, zapper face on. And he's just, like, as he's zapping the things away. I was just like, great, looks great uh it's a, it's a it's a it's a nice effect he's dreamy there yeah, you go he is he still is he still is yeah. <laughs> when do i need to tell my meeting james marsden the weekend this came out story <laughs> yes tell that now. right go ahead go <laughs> x-men opened and i saw it six times opening weekend like three times in one day and because everyone kept wanting to go see it and so i kept going so then like monday so i guess what this is july 14th like 17th or whatever the monday after where i'm at the mall and the I met them all like at open with my mom because that's what I did in high school. And I went to Suncoast Video and there was someone talking to the cash register guys. And I was like overhearing their conversation. They were talking about a movie. The movie turned out to be what disturbing behavior, I think. Right. He's in that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he was talking to them about that movie and I didn't clock who it was. And so then he leaves Suncoast Video and then I overhear the cashiers being like, I can't believe that was Cyclops. And I. I don't talk to people in public. And I, so I was like, wait, excuse me, what? Like, And so then I immediately ran, found my mom. And then we ran all over the mall trying to find him. We caught him. My mom, we we're going down a spiral staircase. He was halfway down. My mom was at the top. And she goes, James, J- James. And then she goes, Cyclops. And that gets his attention. He turns around. He's in a, like a baseball cap, I think. He is the nicest. He stops. He talks to us for a solid 10 minutes. He is... He is floored that I've seen the movie six times. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, he's in town for his wedding because his wife is, or I don't know if they're still married, but like the woman he was marrying is from the Nashville area. Um, so he was just like out and about. Um, he then walked with us to the Blockbuster Music so I could buy the X-Men score uh, soundtrack so he could autograph it. And he autographed oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, oh but he was just like so nice. He was like, he was like, I'm so glad that his super fan like liked what I did. I was so worried because I had to play like, you know, a stick in the mud, essentially. And I was like, no, that was Cyclops. Right. You did great. <laughs> and like, ever um, since then, I've like, I've loved him. So he well, was super your nice. Your mom is like the ally of the century. Oh yeah. My <laughs> mom has no shame. She did the same thing to Conan O'Brien when I went to New York. She's like five years later. <laughs> your mom just Maybe it's the quarantine speaking, but I'm like getting emotional hearing the story. I'm like, that's just so nice. Oh, <laughs> you did <laughs> What your mom did for you and what you did for James. Uh. I know. We love your mom. <laughs> we stand. Uh, um, uh. I feel like saying Cyclops is something my, that's what my mom would do. Like every time, because my mom likes Buffy. So anytime I talk to her about someone that I've had on, on from Buffy on the podcast, she's like, oh, did you tell them I love them? Tell Spike. I think he's handsome. Like she never remembers what the actor's names are. <laughs> Marsters. Mars. Yeah. <laughs> but uh that is a really cute story. Thank you for telling that. Um, so we we get to Wolverine waking up in the mansion. He chokes Jean Grey uh, and runs away. <laughs> Love at first sight. Wow. And she's like, and then they're flirty immediately like, after that scene. They're just flirty in every scene, <laughs> which like it's, relatable. I mean, <laughs> I'm just realizing he does. He puts his hands on her neck. Yeah. yeah, well, he, he, he puts his fist to her head, which I, I, I love just because it's like, that's where his claws come out. And like, yeah. she doesn't, yeah. wait, does she know that at that point? She's like, why is this guy giving me a weird side noogie? Like, right. I don't know if she does. Well, I mean, she's psychic, right? She yeah. probably knows. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. 
I love him running. He runs through the sub basement and he finds like their weird, like fetish dungeon kind of in a weird way. <laughs> like it's like, here's where we keep all of our leather outfits in glass cases. <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. It's like the office hoodie closet. It's just like here's yeah, the swag closet. Just go take a like a closet. a hoodie and a notepad. He just gets it and then he zips it, but like not all the way. He's just like eh, halfway is good mm-hmm. for the audience. He's like my chest looks nice. Let's gotta keep still it. gotta still show the fur. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, but, show people I mean I, business. And I love that he like just stumbles into Professor Xavier teaching a class, and everyone's very chill about this stranger in a half zipped up hoodie who's barefoot, just like being like ugh. I wonder if that's how, like, classroom? all new students get there. It's like, oh, yeah, right. no, we yeah. all just wandered in, so you're fine. But I remember as a kid freaking out about all the Easter eggs in this scene. Yes. Because mm-hmm. yes. it is Ice, is both Iceman and Pyro in there? And yes. then also like, Kitty Pride, Jubilee, and, like, Danny Moonstar, I'm fairly certain. Ooh, what? Because it's like a nondescript Native, uh, Native American teen girl wearing, like, the kind of, like, choker and stuff that Danny always wore. And oh, yeah. I feel like if you're planning Easter eggs of all the other ones, that's most likely Danny Moonstar. There's also a very weird, like pale white child with like, that looks like, um, um, who's the woman from Jimmy Schmidt. That's like a very famous actress. Oh, Carol Kane. <laughs> oh. It looks like Carol Kane from the award <laughs> shows where she's like rolling her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> There's like so many, like, look, they're a mutant. Like, you know, the one kid has like blue hair. It's very, of the time, I feel like they were like, ooh, it's Jubilee, maybe Danny Moonstar, and then everyone else just make him look kooky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the first of many times they were like, here's the the first of several Jubilee, Kitty Pride, and Pyro you're going to get. Yeah, like there are three, there are three different Jubilees, three different Kitty Prides. Like it's two Pyros. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, kudos to Sean Ashmore for, for getting nice man and really just like holding on to it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why they do that. It feels of the time, but I don't understand why they like it just for the sake of continuity, why do they do that? Like I don't get it, right? Like it feels like they put a lot of thought into like who we are going to put in this movie, and then we're like, someone behind the scenes is like, ooh, I'm gonna dress them up as this character and it won't matter. <laughs> but so and I hit my notes say every twink in this scene especially looks like a specific 90s gay twink, even Iceman. Uh, we get I do still stand Mystique in the helicopter and like using her feet to beat up Senator <laughs> Kelly and telling him telling him that like it's like, you know, every like gay child being like, you were the bully. Now here I am. Fuck you. That's how it felt. And I still love it. Yeah. I love Rebecca uh, Romaine. Like, I love Rebecca Romaine yeah. and Mystique. I mean, kudos to her for only having one line of dialogue in this movie, but still being so iconic, like even better than Jennifer Lawrence's portrayal. Yes. Like yes. it's just like knocks oh, yeah. her out of the water. Like it's it's great. It's still just so good, this version of Mystique. In 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 X One alone. I, I mean in the franchise as it goes on, obviously, it's it's enough Mystique. But yeah, well, the way this is, this is great. The way Rebecca Romaine does this is sort of the way you do a sympathetic villain. It's not, I mean, I think it's, it's that th- what they, I mean, th- many issues with Jennifer Lawrence's mystique, but I mean, obviously there was a whole bunch of like, she's the main character now. She's not villain just, just because the actress is popular. So now everything's yeah. about her. Well, cause they're <sighs> using the same makeup that was designed for a villain. So they're using this sort of spooky makeup 
and then they just have her doing full monologues when she, you know, <laughs> in, in this blue vein with the thing. Like, and it just, Until just she was like, like I don't want to wear this anymore. So just completely rewrite my entire character's ethos. And now I'm just going to pass as human all the time, even though that was specifically not what my character was about. <laughs> but whatever. I will say, yeah, I will say my favorite part of Dark Phoenix is her death scene because she looks elated. She's like, <laughs> yes, elated. I am dead. <laughs> I have sleep. I've sleptwalked through three of these movies. I'm finally yeah. dead. <laughs> I haven't even seen Dark Phoenix. I, I got two thirds of the way through Apocalypse and shut it off. But it, it was... I can't imagine her being even sleepier in the next movie. Oh. Well, she's in it. She less. manages. Mm-hmm. She's in well, it. Yeah, yeah, she's in it there less. And she has like, there was like a line where they definitely were like, ooh, that's a good line. Where she's like, it should be called the ex-women, not the ex-men. Yeah, and then walks out. Of, and... I think she comes Never. across good in Dark Phoenix because everything else is as sleepy as her. <laughs> Whereas yes. like Apocalypse, everything is dialed up to like a ridiculous 11. So she just looks yeah. like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Then Rogue walks in on Wolverine having a nightmare. He stabs her. We get a very... This also feels like a plot line that's of the time for a, like a superhero movie, because like who the fuck cares, where it's like, ooh, she did something wrong. Ooh, she's going to feel guilty. No one's communicating that it's fine. And then she just runs away because Mystique broke into the mansion because they don't have security for that. Uh, <laughs> and she puts but, a mysterious uh, smog into Cerebro. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. That, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that, Brett. I was like, mm, Brett might like. Is that that's not? There's that's nothing, no, right? I, I, no, no, no. That's. <laughs> and I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but wouldn't Cerebro be able to tell that that's not Xavier's eyeball? I don't. Or is her power that great? Yeah, that's you, a, yeah. They don't. They don't define her powers that well because in the end scene when Wolverine chops off the claws that she right. has and she screams mm-hmm. that should be chopping off like a part of her body yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's fine <laughs> right okay okay great so we're all on the same page I'm making yes. no yeah. sense and it's fine <laughs> yeah. right. moving along <laughs> so my next note is we are at minute 50 and I'm pretty sure Storm has had two lines and Jean Grey has had five <laughs> <laughs> yes Storm introducing Pyro as John, John. her first line yeah. <laughs> that's, really that's it Yep. She she doesn't have a line when they say Wolverine. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, when they meet Wolverine, jail. she doesn't say a thing in that scene. She just yeah. stands there. Yeah. She like vaguely mouths hey, but like mm, that's it. Um, like, remove that. <laughs> yeah. No, no speaking. Because <laughs> that's when Jean Graves sees him after she he has choked her and she like gives him the a flirty ass smile and keeps on walking. And like same girl, but also mm, uh so rogue runs off i think the train station scene is one of the better scenes in the movie i don't i don't know how you guys feel like for me it's still oh cyclops and storm should have had more to do because like they are pretty powerful but i still like it for what it is i mean the twist he's looking for rogue and not wolverine like yeah uh, (laughs) i don't know as a 16 year old i did not see that coming i don't think I didn't yeah. either. Yeah, my mind was blown when that. I thought happened. it was like the twist, I, peak cinema twist. <laughs> I mean, it's the reason why is because we're finally not setting shit up anymore, and you're ha- actually having like a very clear antagonist, protagonist story, unexpected turn, and then shit is you're not just like including little bit people and having obvious huge people like storm not saying anything. Like it's finally clearing all of that away and just at least focusing mm-hmm. on someone. 
Yeah, Storm does blast the shit out of Sabretooth, though, right? Like, that's that's right. cool. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Although it's like, why does she need an open window for that to happen? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It bothers me that, one, she needs an open window. Like, she controls it. She doesn't need... That's, like, it's fine. She can... Yeah have it go through the wall but also she like knocks herself out because of it yeah they they both disappear i mean i understand cyclops is like i can't open my eyes i need help getting home but like they just bounce (laughs) yeah but a cute thing i read on imdb is that the child that smiles at cyclops that was like not supposed to be in the movie but the kid was an x-men fan so he was so excited he like kept looking over and then they brian singer liked the cut of Cyclops smiling at the little kid. That's great. So they like kept it. Oh, that was cute. Uh, or not that they kept it, but they refilmed it with him smiling and the mom pulling him away. Uh, because he's and just that like, kid oh, was I, I do light. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> so yeah, Magneto captures Rogue. We learn that she's the one he's looking for. Uh, then we get the scene where he turns the guns on the police. And I do think this is a very good look how these two people approach the they're trying to get like rights for their groups look how these two people like like approach it very 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 differently but also then it's like why is jean gray doing nothing she is sitting in that car doing nothing well she's been told that she doesn't have enough power like uh, she has that like when she like tries to trans on cerebro and she's like i'm not powerful enough it's like She's saying, I've been told over and over again, I'm not powerful enough. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Man. But then, so then they get back to the mansion. Senator Kelly comes in. He turns to goo in front of Storm's eyes. I, I, I feel like the Senator Kelly part almost feels like, why did we have that? Right. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, I guess it was setting up the consequences of what will happen at the end of the movie when Magneto tries to turn all the world leaders right. into mutants via magnets. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's great. Also, where did Magneto get that technology from, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, and, uh, it's like well, very... They, they're building it, right? Like Toad at the beginning has on like a... Not a cast iron. What is that? I don't know. Well, he's don't like know. making like a replica the, of the, the torch. Yeah. Yes. But none of them are, like, oh, okay. scientists or anything. Like, it doesn't feel like any of them would have the, like... Oh, yeah. That feels yeah. like a thing where, like, a Doctor Doom could make that, not Magneto. I'm sure, like, their novelization has an explanation. <laughs> yeah. Well, there isn't even any, like, um, Bond layer, villain layer sort of thing where, like, there's a whole team of just underlings and hard hats who maybe there's a scientist <laughs> somewhere. Like, right, it's just... Right those four entities in that island rocky (laughs) area roommates you know tending to the kitchen doing grocery run like what a right yeah (laughs) so then they oh so yeah then they have the talk blah 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 storm delivers reluctantly delivers those lines to senator kelly do love her outfit though uh xavier goes to use cerebro the poison that mystique puts in there gets his brain all wacky that's kind of like another plot point where it's like eh, just accept this thing happened gene gets rid of the poison which i don't understand either fine sure yeah. she uses cerebro they know where to go they're in the we're gonna jump ahead to the jet they're in the jet wolverine delivers the well or cyclops delivers the like what would you prefer yellow spandex line i can i definitely thought that was like fucking hilarious meta shit when i saw it yeah yeah (laughs) 
Did now, you ever however, see I'm like, oh, come on. the um the deleted scene from the Wolverine where Wolverine yes. finally gets his fucking mask? Yeah, like, it's, oh, no. it's a yeah. from Mariko. Oh. He gets on the plane and they cut it, but like she like hands him a you know one of those suitcases and he like opens it up and in the suitcase is the mask and the gloves and it's the brown and tan version and now I'm just like finally oh, nice. and of course they they, yeah. they cut that shit they yeah then they're like never mind no no no, no. <laughs> the X Men movies love doing that because Apocalypse that they have that teaser at the end where it's like yeah. look they're gonna wear uniforms yeah. and then they don't wear those uniforms the last minute I the the entire X-Men franchise is movie after movie of setting up a team that by the time the next movie starts is broken up, disbanded, defunct, done. Yeah. Like, so many movies end with that team shot and then it is gone. Because <laughs> they do that in the scenes, second one too. Yeah, the X-Men deleted scene, the credit t- stingers are like the like dark doppelgangers of the Marvel ones. It's just like, <laughs> you can almost know like if it shows up in that... You you know that's for sure not gonna be what happens in the movie. Right. Oh, that yeah. Mister Sinister tease at the end of oh, yeah. was that Apocalypse? Apocalypse. Yeah, the it was Apocalypse. Corp? Yeah, yeah. ain't it going was like nowhere. Professor X coming back to Moira at the end of Last oh, yeah. Stand, like popping not up in that dude's body. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all. Lo- there was a lot of this where they just were like, eh, throw it out there. Let's see. Eh, doesn't matter. They they just like didn't really contar- c- care about continuity, and I. Don't know who thought that was a good idea not to care about it, but, well, here we are. So they get to the Statue of Liberty. Wolverine stabs the metal detector, which I also thought was comedy gold as a kid. Um, <laughs> this entire the Statue scene feels very Joss whedon The whole, like, yes. how do I know it's you? You're a dick. Okay. And him right. putting mm-hmm. him the finger via claws, like, it all feels very Joss, and it feels like this is the Cyclops and Wolverine. Like, that is the dynamic. This is it. I'm loving i love like the end of the movie i do like i like the whole yeah. movie i mean i'm just to be honest like, but it is i mean it's almost as if like you imagine this scene playing out in a walmart and they just changed the script to be statue of liberty museum yeah like it's it's probably it right yeah Go ahead well that's that's what i was gonna say is that i think the movie picks up and i wish these characters had been this sassy or this whatever throughout the movie mm-hmm. because you know we get wolverine stabbing the metal detectors we get what's so silly mystique is transformed into the statue that's in the gift shop yeah. <laughs> with her eyes <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so yeah, silly it's but witch. i love it and i feel like if they had continued doing that if that had been the whole movie i, I just think that would have really bumped everything up because it the movie at a point feels kind of slow yeah I do think that's why this movie did so well, though, is because it ends very strongly. It does pick up yeah. really, really clearly, like, right here at the Statue of Liberty stuff. And so when you're watching it the first time, you're leaving the theater on the high of, like, that was fun. So, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think, because I was I put in my notes, I can't imagine the budget. Because if you think about it, aside from Storm and, um, aside from uh, Wolverine and Mystique, there isn't a lot of fighting going on because they don't have enough villains. Uh, so, you know, Sabretooth is up with Magneto, so Sabretooth isn't even there. So it's just Toad. Toad beats up Cyclops, Storm, and Jean Grey. It is Ray Park, like... though. It's Darth Maul, so... And that man, whew, they did beef I have up met him at a few Comic-Cons. <laughs> <laughs> and Snake, like... he has, like, the nerd trifecta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Wow. Um, but I... It's, like, ridiculous, the idea. I mean, Cyclops, Storm, or Jean Grey independently could f- for sure flatten Toad. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, like, spits on her face, and I don't know why Jean Grey 
can't remove it with her mind, right? Yeah. She's not powerful enough, Ian. Men have told her she's not powerful. <laughs> I've got to smash my microphone. <laughs> she's only a doctor. <laughs> I'm so mad I can't even speak. <laughs> Damn it, Scott. I'm a doctor, not a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Storm gets thrown into like three different tables full of pointy statues. statues. Well, it's also like, okay, fine. If we're going to set up Storm can't use her powers, they don't have like Kung Fu classes at Xavier Institute. Like, why are they just walking around like, oh no, here's this toad. I love the fact that like, so Xavier's like, well, here are all your uniforms. So they're all like leather bodysuits. Yeah. She's like, okay, so are we going to be superheroes and learn to fight? And he's like, no, 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 no. Just, just wear the leather bodysuits. Okay. (laughs) We're not going to take any fighting classes. Got it. It's fashion. Look it up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So then we get, um, Storm comes back up to the elevator shaft, completely unscathed. Oh, y'all marks more storm, huh? Here it comes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're each going to do our own reading of that line. Uh, Adam, do you want to go first? Oh, because what does she say to Toad? <laughs> uh, do you want me to go first? Uh, no, no, no. Let's do it. I'm up for the challenge. So, yeah. So, she's, uh, so, so Toad has kicked everyone's asses and now they're face to face with storm and storm walks up and she's got the lightning bolt eyes and she's already kind of cooking and that lightning is kind of brewing up behind her and she walks up and she says do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning and then zaps him and then same thing that happens to everything else <laughs> and that's it see it's a dud of a line <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna fight about it but we're, we're all gonna de- give our mic to okay. give your reading of it first all right here we go here we go do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. Zap! <laughs> Brett. Um, hey! Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Zap. I mean, the same thing that happens to everything else. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. I think the line would have landed if it's the movie had been consistently. <laughs> it can work if, if she, the character also needs to acknowledge that it is a stupid thing that she is saying, which one Storm would never do in the ever in the comics or the cartoon. Um, and two, like the movie has not set up a precedent for characters being this way except five minutes ago when we got the you're a dick line well that's the thing which i love up until then has been like the soft she is she's not been flip about anything and even if that was a bit i just feel like if we were the four of us as a team writing the script and we got to this part and ian you were like i insist this line have to stay i'd be like why are you being so weird about this line we have thrown out so much other stuff why does this, why are you like going down with the ship on this line? There's got to be a better way to have like a little flip moment here after the zap. Yeah. I mean, I do think like one of the actors in the Whedon troupe would absolutely kill this line. It's just, he's not on set for the, you know, to talk to the director and be like, no, it needs to be more like this. And like, I can't imagine Brian Singer was very communicative with Halle Berry at all on set because she doesn't know what movie she's in. I don't know what movie she's in either. 
And then she has to deliver that line. I, I'd like to see other takes as well. Like Halle Berry thought she was slumming it because she was doing all those press tours around the town being like, I just want an Oscar. And you know what I'm doing now? A comic book movie. Like she was using X-Men as an example of there not being enough no. roles for black women, um, she, which is really disrespectful she... to like, you're playing the first ever black female superhero that in the comics is one of the most iconic characters ever. I wish someone had conveyed that to you. <laughs> um, and then I also wish the movie had done it justice. Well, she got her Oscar like a few years after this. What was happening at this time was oh. she had had that hit and run. That was like oh. the news that she had had right then. <laughs> oh shit! That was the news. <laughs> that was I do what remember she her. <laughs> I do remember her being very sour on press tours about it. Yeah, and her yeah. vocally talking about how she didn't like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, someone brought it up, I think, in a thing, and and she like was. Of course, didn't she for the unhappy. second one? She like required a different wig. Wasn't that like one of her? Well, which I by the, by the sure. second movie, by the second movie, she had won the Oscar, and then I remember reading um, in Entertainment Weekly for the second movie, uh, they had to go back for reshoots on the second movie, and it happened right after she won the Oscar, and then Brian Singer, and I'm paraphrasing here because I couldn't find the article to back this up, but he basically scrambled to rewrite scenes for storm after she had won the Oscar. Right. And that's like, that's why at the end of X two, she kind of steps forward in that one scene. And like, cause that was a reshoot and she kind of saves the day right. where she's, she plays a bigger part in it at least. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I mean the, the storyline here, I, I feel like, in the Whedon verse, like it sort of has the flavor maybe of like Buffy versus Sunday. And she's mm-hmm. like, let me answer that yeah. question with a headbutt. Like it's just like yeah. some something super thrown away. And then it has to immediately continue with action, action, action. The, like the problem with this one, it was like it was just in a in a vacuum of quietness. So it was yeah. not like something thrown away and, and and fun in the middle of like fight, 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 fight. It was just like before it was silence, after it was silence. So you could just like hear the crickets. I do think so too. It's like, there's so much score going on underneath this. Like you almost editorially need a stop in the music before that punchline to sell it. Um, but it's just, everything's just going on. And it like, it doesn't matter. Here's a line delivered from this woman in a white wig. We got another movie to keep going on. Yeah. Yeah, it felt very, um, there's a writer's strike and we legally have to perform this as is. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't okay, like, yeah. I don't even know if there was a writer's strike. It just, it has No, that, yeah. Sorry, I'm also misremembering, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it has that, like, just like, movies. well, legally we cannot change the script and it has to be shot as done. So <laughs> right, you right. have to just do this as best. <laughs> so then I remember the next scene, I remember being so shook. When Wolverine stabs Storm, and then you find out it's, and I think it's one of the better. I I think that effect still works, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's changing shape, so of course it looks a little cartoony, but I don't know. I think it works. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. So then they all get trapped in the Statue of Liberty. Is it in the? They're not. Yeah, they're in the. the they're head. in the head, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I have many uh, problems with this scene. Mostly is one how stupid Cyclops is when he's like Storm, fry him. And two, Storm could do other things. Why? Like, yeah. she could. I feel like she should be able to blow wind, wind that makes Magneto fly yeah. out of there. Yeah. Although Freedom. it does give, I think, the best line delivery from Magneto of, don't you live yeah. at a school? Like, yeah. it's so. <laughs> oh, wow. It's I 
when he's I feel like lots of times that's like Ian McKellen being Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you've done with your hair. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was about to say that whole Rogue, when Rogue's hair comes in, that's all I think of is in the second movie when he's like, ooh, love what you're doing with your hair and him mystique like like fucking catty ass motherfuckers yeah. in the yeah. yep. laughing at it. Those are bitchy gays. Bad <laughs> moment where yeah. they are. <laughs> it is ne- like those characters have never been more fully realized. Yeah. Oh, X2 yeah. is so good for Mystique. Just like her sliding on her butt, giving the finger yeah. through closing doors. <laughs> like, it's great. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence never. She never did. Never. Could never, <laughs> did never. Uh, I mean, I often think, I remember having this critique. I often think, like, where's her butthole? But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a shapeshifter. She does. <laughs> I mean, Release the butthole cut. Ian demands it. <laughs> Exactly. But that's it. I I get that she's a shapeshifter, but like theoretically it's supposed to be that's her, that's how she looks, yeah. right? The blue with the scales, that's supposed to be how how she go to the bathroom. I just I wish that they'd done the white loincloth and skulls. It's just so uh, God, it's so great. The skull like belt, it's just so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh so but so that takes Mystique out, but we learn she survives. Um they do blow <laughs> So Wolverine gets out because they do a weird thing with Cyclops's visor where like it, what it blows, Ricochet, like it blows. Right? Yeah. yeah. Does it blow Sabretooth out or no? Yeah. Right. It blows him out of there and he falls into the boat and we never see him again. No, they have the fight, right? When, yeah. They have the Wolverine and Sabretooth have the big fight. Is it first? Yeah. Yeah. Which has the really cool moment of like what Sabretooth throwing Wolverine and him sticking his claws in the spire of the Statue of Liberty headdress and like fl- flipping around and landing. And it's like, that's where the money went. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That shot is so cool. That shot and Mystique as Wolverine jumping up and kicking and morphing back into her. Like, that's where the money went. Yeah. I think yeah. those two shots for sure. Yeah. Because I think they still look cool. Yeah. I really do. She so Storm t- the line I wanted to make note of I love that when Storm is like I saw him die Magneto's like you sure you saw what you saw I'm like oh this is every conservative ever <laughs> <laughs> he, he so, explodes into water <laughs> is that like setting like who I yeah what is that what purpose does that line like it seems like that's setting up like Senator Kelly is actually alive but he's not yeah I well, right I remember but he's water. Between between X Men One and X Men Two, like in that little gap, like I just remember people being like, "No, like because that line, he's gonna come back. It's gonna be this part, a part of the movie." And that just no. <laughs> no. I think maybe right. He's just kind of gaslighting her because he knows that the plan is Mystique will take on his appearance right. and still be alive. But then they. They figure that out by the end of the movie anyway. So again, yes, pointless. Well, I mean, I think maybe trying to work it out. (laughs) I think maybe at the time they were like, "Hey, let's see how this plays out. Maybe we bring him back next one too. Maybe we think of a better thing. Um, Maybe should Senator Kelly explode as a fan favorite? They just (laughs) return Bruce Um, Davison on Tiger Beat. Like, yeah." people are like i want to see what that water guy does next um it was just the outcry um they left that door open he defeats Sabretooth. Sabretooth dies uh or gets thrown into a boat whatever um it's so silly to think that storm cyclops and jean gray watch wolverine save the day they just stand there like at least like 
I feel like Storm should be flying close to it in case she needs to yeah. catch Wolverine. They're like coming or... up with a weird plan where like Cyclops is like raring to take the shot, but like he isn't, and Wolverine is up there, and like it's a lot yeah. of like wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. <laughs> this is it's that, something yeah. that the it is weird. Like team movies, this was a huge deal because it was like the first superhero team movie, and it wasn't really until Avengers. Uh, in 2012 that you saw, oh, this is how a superhero team looks on screen because they were all helping each other and using their powers in different ways. They had six distinct styles of fighting and like the choreography all played into that. Whereas in this, it's like they all separate them into one-on-one fights. They don't enter. They all like don't know how to fight. They don't interact at all. They don't use their powers in tandem really ever. Uh. I, I mean, they just, they got the same like, isn't it the same fight coordinator from Matrix? Like, I mean, they got all the wire work. I mean, they had all this stuff, um, and it just it the it's just choreographed to nothing. Whatever we get the we they save Rogue, of course. They defeat Magneto. Um, we learn that Wolverine is gonna go try to figure out where he's from. Uh, I don't care about any of that, but I do love the final beat of. Magneto and Xavier playing chess together in his mm-hmm. prison. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I like, I feel like that's like pretty iconic too. Like the end that, of this movie really does whole... set up X2. Like it really does set yeah. up everything that makes X2 so much fun. Even still like him yeah. going to Alkali Lake, um, her taking over as Kelly Rogue getting a hair dye job. Was that from she stress gets... or because Magneto has white hair? Why does well, that? I thought, I thought it was the stress of the the magnet thing. That's what right? I thought. I always thought it was, yeah, like the radiation of it. Um. Anyway, she's got the Tulsi Gabbard strike now. So. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my my uh, sister in law has similar uh, natural gray streaks like that, and I always think of her as rogue and she's a big comic nerd too nice. so she, she appreciates <laughs> yeah. that yeah. here we are at the end favorite scene brett oh god um um probably oh god you're a dick like that entire <laughs> exchange in the statue of liberty feels the most everything from them getting in the extra and like to before the first bad guys show up like that stretch feels like x-men to me maybe the most okay. x-men oh. of anything in this movie mike oh shit you'll think i'm trolling but i do think it's storm blowing toad away yes. um, <laughs> i mean i love listen i love things for a lot of the wrong reasons uh and i think that falls under the category of loving something that's terrible um yeah, that suits me. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Yes, it's that scene. That's my scene. Okay, Adam. <laughs> uh, I would say it's the Magneto uh, entering the train, uh, sort of train confrontation moment where he's just like ripped it up. And and you do start, that's like the first moment you really get this just sort of comic book grandeur where he's kind of floating in and you see this, the the he's silhouetted by the smoke and he's kind of caked. The way he throws Wolverine is so cool too. It's still, it looks like it hurts. Yeah, like he just like it's like the first time that we're like logically using the and it's not just like rando powers just cause like it feels like we're actually like logically doing like okay this yeah. guy's made of metal and this guy controls I metal love, so here we go I love that moment yeah. 
of like yeah. that curious metal doesn't, doesn't run through your whole body does it and then hugh jackman like the way he kind of like cuts his eyes at magneto yeah. like uh no <laughs> like it's so good Ugh. and like rogues panic like because she's a kid so it's like oh shit like now she's the only one left and he's clearly gonna get her uh yeah i to to copy brett my favorite scene i my favorite scene is a statue of liberty scene but if we had to do a moment it is for sure you're a dick i <laughs> that is very that is like could have been a scene from buffy if they were allowed to say that on buffy <laughs> yeah all right we're gonna grade it how we felt then and how we feel now um adam then a triple plus yeah. cinema can't be duplicated. <laughs> uh, the taste level here. Um, yeah, I was fucking, I was about it. Um, uh, and then now I would just, I would say B, you know, cause it's like, it's like, it's strong. Okay. It's just uh, Brett. Yeah, that's exactly like this was, I was so relieved and at the age of 16 that they did not fail. Like compared to yeah. everything we'd seen you know in the 90s it was like comic movies and we were settling for the phantom and the shadow and like that kind mm-hmm. of shit and mm-hmm. we get this and it's like yes and i was like in love with it obsessed i had um birthday party plates like i i didn't even have the x-men birthday party i just wanted any merchandise from this movie <laughs> um and now like i it is yeah it is a solid like bb minus like it still is fun to watch uh and and, and it's shaded by a lot of nostalgia from back then and also knowing how much it sets up things that i truly do still love in x2 um which holds up a lot better than this yeah i think i'm gonna uh, agree uh a plus when i first saw it um and i would maybe say a c now um because i think i was i was very much more aware of how little the women in this movie had to do and like the women of the x-men are my favorite comic book characters so like seeing just them poorly mistreated by the script and by decisions on set like it felt very heartbreaking now that like we have a wonder woman movie that's great and like uh so many other female superheroes in uh uh that are Ten poles of movies, right? It's like, ah, oh, this is a huge missed opportunity because they're the best characters. I just want so, the team that did Birds of Prey to do an X Ladies movie, like, right? God. Well, oh. I think we'll be lucky if we ever get a Birds of Prey sequel. But yeah, uh, yeah, I would love that. Love that. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. When I saw it, like Adam said, the 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 best movie going experience of my entire 17 years a plus plus and now i think for me it's c plus bordering on a b um just of all the reasons everyone else said and now for a quick break so hank green's first book an absolutely remarkable thing was released in 2018 it's a story of a young woman thrown into fame as the world suddenly has to deal with massive changes in the form of contagious dreams and mysterious 10-foot-tall robots that have appeared in every major city. The Associated Press said it was a thrilling journey that takes a hard look at the power of fame and our willingness to separate a person from the brand. Hmm. Book Reported said it was perhaps as honest a look as we will ever get into the phenomenon of cyber fame. And the San Francisco Chronicle said, sparkling with mystery humor and the uncanny, this is a fun read, but beneath its effervescence tone, more complex themes are at play. Well, now that novel is out in paperback or at your library. 
and also for cheap in audio form. And the sequel, which is a conclusion to that story, a beautifully foolish endeavor, is out to sparkling reviews. Hank wanted his publisher to sponsor a ton of small podcasts, but they said that was too weird. So instead, Hank took 5% of his advance from the book and did it himself. And here we are. Library Journal's starred review said, Throughout this adventurous, witty, and compelling novel, Green delivers sharp social commentary on the power of social media and both the benefits and horrendous consequences that follow when we give too much of ourselves to technology. The book is out July 7th in physical, audio, and ebook wherever books are sold, or you can just go to hankgreen.com and that will get you where you need to go. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you like Slayerfest 98, you can find us on Spotify, on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and a couple other corners of the internet. You can follow us on social media at SlayerFestX98 on both Instagram and Twitter. We have a Patreon that really helps keep the podcast going if you want to support us there. And my personal social is at Carlos on all platforms. Brett, where can everyone find you? You can find me at at Brett White on Twitter and Instagram. And Mike, where can everyone find you? At Michael Ryan P uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And Adam. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Adam Sass, or you can uh, pre-order my book Surrender Your Sons, which is a young adult Woo! adventure novel coming out this fall. You can uh, pre-order that wherever you buy your books. Yes, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye.